now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings, welcome to today's free podcast here, powered by CRTV. This is the Steve Day Show. That would be me, Todd and Aaron are here as well. And we would love it if you'd be here and join us too. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And we just finished wrapping up today's TV show, uploading it now for CRTV.com today. If you're not yet a CRTV subscriber, promo code DACE, you'll get a subscription at a reduced rate. We've also got monthly subscription options. We have a free trial. So if you try us for a while and you don't like us, you can just kick us to the curb where we rightfully belong. And it's not just our show that that trial or that promo code DACE works with. It's all the shows here at CRTV. One subscription, one code, all of the shows, including the great one, Mark Levin. So even if we suck, you know Mark's going to produce good content. That's why he makes a lot more money than we do, right? So you can't go wrong. Somebody here you will like. Somebody. I'm confident. For 10 bucks a month, there is somebody here that you will like. And I say that well aware of just how wholly inadequate we are. That's how confident I am in the rest of the team here at CRTV. So as we just finished wrapping up today's TV show, Todd, give the audience a little taste of what's to come. Well, we talked about uh, Michael Bennett, the Seattle Seahawks player who was arrested at a uh, Vegas casino and uh, claimed that uh, it was inappropriately so and all based in racism. And this this narrative has been wrapped up in all of the NFL uh, goings on. Uh, but there's a video available now that shows the arrest uh, in its entirety, shows that Michael uh, Bennett was lying. So I think you'll be asking yourself one really important question after you see this. Is this the time when I'm supposed to take a knee? That is the irony, isn't it? When the police said, get down, when they were doing a sweep of the hotel for suspected criminal activity, and the police in this case, two Hispanics and a black guy were the three cops that supposedly racially profiled Michael Bennett. If When they said get down, if he just would have taken a knee. Oh, I'm not even talking about that angle. None That's of this would have better. happened. I'm just talking about us. Am I supposed to genuflect now to this narrative? But yes. He, if he, he just been... would have taken yes. a knee. It turns out... Physician, heal thyself. Yes. It turns out taking a knee is magic after all. He wouldn't look like an ass clown to the world on a TMZ video as we speak if he just would have followed his buddy Colin Kaepernick's lead and taken a knee. That's all he had to do. Take a knee and he avoids this entire fiasco. Just take a knee. Aaron, what stood out to you? Um... I, I would say what we covered again on fake news or not uh, today, you, 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 you won't actually believe it. There was actually a, a couple of pieces uh, that we covered that were actual good examples of something that we haven't seen for a while. So you want to you want to check that out. Good examples, positive, positive reinforcement today on fake news or not. I want to go back, and they, you're right, we do have some positive reinforcement today, but I want to go back to what you said, Todd, because I want to say this on the free podcast to get this to, out to as many people as I possibly can today. 
It is a shameful thing. A shameful thing for the National Football League to on one hand say that they will allow their players to use their position as pro football players in the NFL to protest injustice or what they perceive to be injustice, including during the national anthem. But then when one of their players, if this was Michael Bennett from around the way, Michael Bennett from around the block, Michael Bennett from Piscataway, Schenectady, would would, would this have been a lead story on every network a month ago, racially profiled by Vegas cops? No. Why was it a lead story everywhere a month ago? This allegation he made. Because he's not Michael Bennett from Schenectady or Piscataway or Peoria. He's Michael Bennett of the Seattle Seahawks. That's why it matters. He has a platform. Who, who provides him that platform? The NFL. For him to use that platform to bear false witness, to besmirch a major metropolitan police department, which we are basking both in the, in the glow of their heroism the other night, but also in their mourning. They're burying some of their own dead this week because that's also where the worst massacre in American history just took place. And if, if the, for the NFL to let that slide, if it does, is a shameful thing. It is disgraceful. And if you really do want to use your league as, as a platform for social justice, then I would think someone crying wolf, which undermines your own stated mission... Is some, is a, you'd want to clean your own mess up real quick like, why do I get so mad at the Pat Robertsons and the Joe Osteens of the world? Why do they anger me? Why don't I get this mad at obvious heretics? Because they're obvious heretics. They're not doing any damage to my cause. They're openly out there saying, I'm a heretic. It's the one wearing your uniform. The sheep's clothing. Yes, there's the wolf in the sheep's clothing. That's the one that undermines you. So even if you you believe Colin Kaepernick is Moses, so be it. But when somebody uses their platform to make a completely false allegation, Michael Bennett wasn't detained. He wasn't arrested. The, The Las Vegas Police Department would have had no reason to even let us know this incident occurred. Because they checked him out. They were doing a sweep of a hotel, suspected criminal activity. They set everybody down. He ran. Well, when you're doing suspected criminal activity as a cop, and you say everybody down, and one guy takes off and runs, what are you going to do, guys? What do we train cops well, to do? And it's not just any old suspected, like somebody stole, you know, stole a pack of cigarettes. They, they were looking for an active live shooter, yes. Steve. Yes, they were. He took off and ran. That's why if you just would have taken an E... As they swept the place, checked everybody's ID, they would have said, hey, Michael Bennett, football player, we know you're kosher. Just stay down while we clean this up. But he took off and ran. Now that in and of itself is a crime, by the way. They chose not to charge him for fleeing the scene of a crime. Fleeing police obstruction. They could have done any of that. They didn't. They were just going to let the matter go. We only know about this because who brought it to our attention? Michael Bennett did. And why do they do that, Steve? What can they count on when they do that? Favorable press. I'm a victim because it's what I've been saying for the last week. They may have muscles upon muscles upon muscles, but they're still little millennial snowflakes at heart. 
Yes, I'm, I'm a victim too. I, I'm, I'm a part of the club. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of the perpetually aggrieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too, man. Me too. Yeah. I'll feel your pain. Yeah, me too. I want Jamel Hill to wax poetic about me on the Sports Center no one watches yet again. She's, she's probably brought up this video by now, right? Don't you think? I'm, I'm sure she'll lead with it on the 6 p.m. Sports Center tonight. Never. Sure, I... Yeah, I'm sure it won't be on there. So, because that'd be the truth. And she hasn't told a lot of that. I'm very familiar with the woman's work. I grew up in. Michigan. I didn't know that until you said oh, yeah, it earlier. Yeah, she's she, uh, she's been race baiting on the pages of the Detroit Free Press for many years now. I grew up reading this crap, which you guys are subjected to. I, I should apologize. Whether it's Jamel Hill or Rob Parker, these guys are are just no talent having hacks. If it weren't for race baiting, no one would give them jobs. They can't do anything else other than race bait. Well, guess what state's responsible for both of them? My, where I grew up. Okay, they both come out of they they both come out of Detroit sports media. So I'm sorry, America. Okay, I'm sorry again. Right. We 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 inflicted these two nincompoops upon you. My bad. All right. So I'm so I'm not I'm not new to the Jamel Hill scam. I've been going. This has been going on. We're about the same age. So her and I we literally grew up together. I'm not you know. I'm just shocked to see that ESPN has, even in their declining state, the budget to go find talented race baiters. At least Stephen A. Smith knows knows the sports, can come up with a good sports take in between the race baiting. She just race baits. She has no sports takes. I mean, Rob Parker was literally out there saying that uh, the Lions made a mistake. They should have gotten rid of Matthew Stafford to bring Colin and Cap- bring, bring in Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> That that's just what progressivism, the hive mind of progressivism, just does to you. Just it, it just it makes you dumber. That's what Aaron said earlier today on the TV show. That you just, you just get dumber. You get progressively dumber. So more self fulfilling prophecy. It is progressive. We get progressively dumber. That's what we do. Just like if Michael Bennett would have taken his own advice and taken an E, nothing would have happened. We only know about this not because he was arrested and detained. He chose to preemptively let this out. Which means this was a premeditated act of using his celebrity as a player in the NFL to besmirch a major metropolitan police department at a time of extreme racial polarization and a police department that only a month later, the first announced casualty from its department, Charleston Hartfeld, a black officer dying, saving a bunch of mostly white people at a country music concert. In Vegas. That's heinous. That is despicable. And if the NFL doesn't punish him, they ought to be utterly ashamed of themselves. And the fans should never let them forget that. They'll never punish him. Of course they won't. Of course they won't. Let's get to Americanism 101. We started this series at the beginning of this year. We're almost done now. There's only a few weeks left. And we started at the beginning of this year because we wanted to take a look at what is American exceptionalism? What is it we as conservatives, <clears throat> pardon me, what is it we're trying to conserve? And so when we laid this out starting in January, it was a two-staged process. The first phase just took a few weeks, but it needed to go first because it's the foundation. Chesterton said America is the only country ever founded upon a creed, so we needed to define what that creed was. And that creed is simply this, there is a God. 
the only living God, the God of the Bible. Our rights come from him and not government. And therefore, the role of the primary role of government is the protection and preservation of those God-given rights. Now that we had a foundation, we needed a framework. Well, how do we live that creed out? What's it look like? And for that framework, we've been borrowing from Cleon Skousen's book, The 5,000-Year Leap, where he lays out 28 principles that provided the framework for the U.S. Constitution. And this week, we are on the 25th principle. Peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations. Entangling alliances with none. It's a quote from a famous speech by Thomas Jefferson. His first inaugural address, in fact. Peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations. Entangling alliances with none. Some believe that this is not possible because of the interconnected global world in which we live. And I will admit for a while in a post 9-11 world, I didn't think it was either. And so I bought into, let's bring democracy to the Middle East. Well, Steve, it sounds like you flip-flopped on this. I did. Because what we learned is we can't. I mean, I suppose I could just stubbornly stick with what history proved, failed, or I could acknowledge history and say, that doesn't work. And those who have not learned from history are doomed to repeat it. And what I have found since our experiment in exporting freedom and democracy to an ancient culture far older than our own that has never been predisposed to define those words even the same way we do to begin with, nor even want them, by the way, what, I, what, I've, what I've returned to in terms of my foreign policy view is this one. When I read these words, peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none, there isn't a dogma there. There isn't a dogma there. And when you represent transcendent truth in the universe, dogma is good. Because you're on the ultimate side. Not even there is at that point there isn't a right or wrong side of history. There's the ultimate side of history. And if you are the most if you represent the 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 the, the most important transcendent truth in the universe, then dogma is to be pursued. Because that is the that is a framework that is a result of acknowledging that transcendent truth. But while America is exceptional, she is not transcendent. We are a finite country of people. A Perhaps paper? the best ever devised, yes, but, but finite. But this reminds finite, me of Churchill. Yes. I mean, democracy is the worst form of government except all the rest of Amen. them. Amen. Amen. What I was searching for was the scriptural reference of a vapor in the wind. Yeah. It might be the greatest vapor that, in terms of a, of a governmental entity that's ever vaped in the wind before. But feet of but clay it, nonetheless. But it, is, yeah. it is vapor nonetheless. It'll be here today and gone tomorrow from, from the vantage point of the ultimate adjudicator of history, from his vantage point. So while we may be exceptional, we are not transcendent. 
And one of the ways that we can have such a positive impact on the world, I believe, is through this, through a non-dogmatic foreign policy. This idea that freedom and liberty, God's grace is available to all of us regardless of what immoral act we performed just 10 seconds ago. The door is opened if we will knock. Meaning we don't have to be morally pre-qualified to knock on the door. We can't be morally pre-qualified. Because there's a door. (laughs) Okay? The door can only be opened by a force other than ourselves. doesn't say knock and open the door yourself and say, hey, is there anybody here? It says knock and the door will be opened. Meaning someone else opens the door, guys. That's what that means. Which also means, by the way, if someone else has to knock on the door, what is the state of the door? Or if someone else has to open the door, what does that say about the state of the door prior to them opening it? Closed. What state is it in? It is closed. It is closed. Now, if you knock, it will open. But what will it remain if you don't knock? Closed. Closed. If you don't knock, it will remain closed. If you open it, or if you knock on it, it will open it. But if you do not knock, it will remain closed. Do I have to speak a certain language to knock on the door? Nope. Do I have to have a certain economic moral theory to knock on the door? No. Do I have to be a certain gender, race, creed? No. No. Do I even have to have the dogma live within me to knock on the door, to borrow a current expression being bandied about in the halls of the U.S. Senate? Do I need the dogma to be alive within me to knock on the door? No. Pending. The reality is there's no dogma alive in you if you don't knock on the door. Or at least there may be a dogma, but it's one of your own devising. It's not the dogma. It's a dogma, if you know the difference. This applies here in a foreign policy construct. Do you need to go to the same church as us if you, if you want to live free as our people do? No. Are you likely... If you go to a false church, are you likely going to be a free people? Probably not. But ultimately, is that the gov- is that the jurisdiction of the United States government to preside over history? Is that our jurisdiction? No, Benjamin Franklin told it us. Yes. If you can keep it. Yes. This is the, this is a similar paradigm to knock and the door will be opened. You don't have to be pre-qualified to knock on the door. You just have to be willing to knock on it. Similarly here, you don't have to have the same customs, values on on a on a on a on a very specific level to enjoy an alliance with us. You just have to want to have an alliance with us. This is why I loved the president's speech in Riyadh so much. Because it's the first, this is why I said, no, I would not have said this 10 years ago. I would, I would have, I would have said this approach won't work. It won't work. Those people can't be our friends unless we bring them freedom and liberty. We're not good at that. And you know why we're not good at that? Because what came first in America, freedom and liberty or the United States government? Freedom and liberty. 
Did the United States government give us freedom and liberty, or did freedom and liberty give us United States, the United States government? The latter. The latter. Mm-hmm. See, we were trying to do this backwards. That's why it didn't work. We were trying to use government as a do-gooder institution. It is not. The U.S. That's the, the U.S. The U.S. military is not the Peace Corps. It is not an urban renewal institution. It is one as when Rush used to tell it. When Rush used to do conservatism, what did he always say? The military's purpose is to kill people and break things. That's why it's there. It. That's it. That's all that it is. It's an instrument. It's God's. It's it's a manifestation of Romans thirteen. God's avenging angel. That's why it's called into action, spur, you know, uh, on a very sporadic basis, and only when it's justified cause, because the consequences will be severe, swift, and harsh, life-changing if not life-ending, culture-changing if not culture-ending. But it's not an evangelism tool. It's just not. It is, it is a buttress that provides the space for our own evangelism tools to do their work. That's what it is. So we attempted to bring people who had no notions of freedom and liberty, freedom and liberty, but not through moral or spiritual renewal as it was given birth on our continent, but through government in position. That cannot work. We, we tried to bring, we tried to do the Obamacare version of urban renewal. We will mandate that you are free. And then we'll tell you, if you like your current religion, you can keep it. Well, the Bedouin cultures over there are a couple thousand years older than ours. They've been through several different religious political cycles during the course of those two millennia. And you know what they knew? Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't care if it's Alexander the Great or Muhammad. These guys always promise you, you can keep your current culture and religion if you, if, if you want it. They never let us keep our current culture and religion if we want it. Alexander always wants us to get Hellenized. And Muhammad always wants us to get Allahized. We never get to keep, guys. They've been through they've been they've been on history's roller coaster a little bit longer. They, this is not their first rodeo. Okay? They recognize they've been through centuries, millennia of this in that part of the world there in that little fertile crescent over there. They are well aware of the fact whether his name is Baal Peor, whether his name is Caesar, whether his name is Alexander the Great, whether his name is Durfuer, what doesn't matter what his name is. They never let you, they never let you, if you like your old way of life, you get to keep it. They never let you do that, guys. So based on that millennia long stretch of history, when we come to them with Kentucky Fried Chicken, Britney Spears, and internet porn, and we tell them, and if you like your current Islam, you can keep it. They're like, ah, yeah. Yeah, we've heard that one before. We're not buying that. (laughs) And so right away, the very people we're trying to bring freedom to rebel. Because, it, now we may not have, we might have actually meant it when Alexander the Great and all the other people I just mentioned may not have. Maybe we meant it. But the problem is, it's what we've been saying about the NFL anthem protests. You cannot tell your audience what message they are receiving. They tell you. 
And the longer you proceed to tell them, I'm not giving you the message you're receiving, you make them angrier and less trust, trust, trusting of you. Haven't we just been through this with the National Football League for the last two weeks? Yes, like to forget it. Well, we've, this is what happened in that part of the world. Uh, we're not here to change you. Haven't you guys figured out we had a sexual revolution? We don't even believe our own. We don't even believe in the values we're trying to give you guys anymore. We don't know what bathrooms are, <laughs> That's right. man. We're, we're, not, we're not here trying to conquer you. <laughs> Do I look like a guy with a plan? Right. <laughs> We're not. We used to be who you. We used to be what you feared. We're not trying to do that anymore. BTW, the uh, drag show is at eight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they've heard this one before, and they didn't want to play that song again. So the foreign policy that, that to me, the one that works is this one, and this is what Trump laid out in his speech. You want to have women drive, you don't want to have women drive, that's not my problem, man. I'm the President of the United States, not Saudi Arabia. So I'll let you and your people have that fight. I got enough problems back home, okay? So here's what it comes down to. Help us prosper, we'll do the same for you. Leave us the hell alone, we'll do the same for you. Bother us, and I'm going to Moab you like I did Syria last month. You know what that sounds like? Peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations. Entangling alliances with none. That's what that sounds like, doesn't it? Now, we have, since that speech, completely gone back on it, done nothing to follow through and follow up. Our, our, our epic fail Stanley Steamer, um, deuce, with, deuce with corns in it of a Secretary of State, is trying to get us involved in entangling alliances over there with Qatar and Al Jazeera and everybody else. Because that's the progressive view. The progressive view is opposite of this. That entangling alliances are how we define friendship. And only if we're in alliance can we then have commerce. The lesson of history has shown, though, that's not true. How many people died in World War I learning this lesson of history? And if that didn't work amongst a bunch of nations that largely had the same moral values, right. same religious structure, literally came from the same family, guys. That was, the, that was the deadliest family feud in human history. They all came from the same freaking family. And now here we sit all this time later. Hey, uh, hey guys, uh, anybody understand how Iran got uh, on the Human Rights Council? I mean, this is where the, yes. the road to hell is paved with these good yes. intentions. Yes. The, the, the Obama's Iran deal is the reverse engineering of this statement. Well, let's give them an entangling alliance. We give them their money back. They'll be nice to us. We'll, uh, we'll free up billions of dollars of their money. They'll be nice to us. They'll show that we're not out to colonize them. We're not out to re-prosecute the Crusades. Okay, and you guys will be nice, and we'll have honest commerce and welcome you into the community of... Na Is that how it works? No. No. Those guys are the pros at the poker table who see a sucker. That's exactly them. right. That is exactly right. Yeah, right. That is, that is... That's Hitler at Munich waiting for the ink to dry on his best behavior until the ink dries... Meanwhile, the engines are warming yes, up. Yes, the, the, the engines of war are back home, getting cranked up, waiting. I just need the, that's, that's Hitler sitting in, a, even in a room with one of his own, of his own kindred spirits, Joseph Stalin. Well, of course, I think a non-aggression pact's a great idea. You bet I do. Then we get 
to the summer of 1941, and suddenly, a non-aggression pact isn't as good of an idea as it was when I couldn't afford to fight a two-front war, but now that I've taken down every Western country other than England, and they're isolated, surrounded by a body of water, and I'm bombing them to smithereens every night that ends in Y, suddenly now, it does make sense not to have a non-aggression pact. And see... Hitler analogies are awesome sometimes. You sometimes admit, they are. You just nailed it. Yeah, well, when, when you are comparing regimes like Iran to the Nazis, there's an apt comparison there. Both had in their governing charter, get rid of the Jews. Both have acted on, the, on anti-Semitism as public policy. Both have been responsible for murderers, m- murdering of innocents, terrorism, war, unjustified war. That's why I loved the president's speech in Riyadh so much because I thought we had learned our lesson that it doesn't work. And now we're doing another surge in Afghanistan. We'll do more, more regime change there. How many more governments are we going to try there? It's real simple. If you're nice to us, we'll be nice to you. If you if you want us to leave you alone, and do then we'll do the same to you if you do that for us. If you want to be our friend, we'll be your friend. Doesn't matter what language you speak, what church you go to, what part of the world you're in. That's it. That's it. We've made this more complicated. And and progressivism does this. Because it rejects the two most fundamental truths of human existence. God is just and human nature is not basically good. Because it rejects those two most foundational truths of of all of existence. God is just and human nature is not basically good. It makes things far more complicated than they need to be. And we end up in entangling alliances. Should I run down? You guys have heard me do this before just off the top of my head. I've done this show so many times I have it memorized. Should I run down for us again how, how the players have changed in the Middle East just in the last 25 years? How many nations that we thought were our allies are now not? How many nations that weren't our allies now are? How many times the, the, the deck chairs in the Titanic have been rearranged? What is the one constant there, though? What's the one constant in that part of the world? Israel, Israel. is. Why? Did they have freedom and liberty before they had a government? Or did their government give them freedom and liberty? Where do they believe their freedom and liberty came from? God. Where do we think ours came from? I hope so, God. That's why they've been the one constant there. That's why. Most of the countries that surround Israel don't believe God grants them freedom. Or at least not a freedom as we would define it. So we have a choice. We can continue to try and make them like us at a time when we actually hate one our, ourselves and one another. We, we want to politicize everything now. Even, even the things that used to bring us together as a people, we want to soil with our politics now. We are, we are fear and self-loathing in the United States of America. That's what we are. 
So I, I'm not sure. I, I, I doubt any human civilization has ever been qualified in and of itself to shape another as if it's above reproach or sin. I certainly know this one's not, though. So we can keep trying to do this again and kill a whole lot more people, many of them innocents, or peace and commerce with all, entangling alliances with none. Like us, we like you. Leave us alone, we do the same for you. Don't like us, and we're going to do you like we did the Redcoats in, uh, in, in, in 1781, man. We're going to Yorktown your ass. That's what we're going to do. That's it. Just that simple. But for it to be that simple, we have to accept the two most fundamental truths of existence. God is just. Human nature is not basically good. Progressivism cannot. It's not that it will not. It cannot. Because if I accept those foundational truths of history, guess what I no longer am? A progressive. I have literally changed religions. Yep. Todd and Aaron, you get the last word. Yeah. Those, what, what you have talked about for the last half hour or so is total anathema to, uh, I think, most of my generation because uh, we... We mo- most of us are uh, are progressives. Uh, most of us have really abandoned um, uh, true religion in any sense of the word, because we have uh, abandoned those two foundational principles. And when you do that, your worldview becomes less of a worldview and more of a a self view. And that's why. And that is that you see that manifested in our foreign policy especially over the last uh, 10 to 15 years at least that's that's when i have been paying attention because it's been my basically my adult life you see that manifested when you have less of a worldview and more of a self view you then start uh, imposing your view of how you think things mm-hmm. should be on the rest of the world instead of seeing the world for what it is which is what a world view uh, one of the things that a world view should actually allow you to do you might be sitting there God, this Steve is summing up, and Aaron just added on to it. He's summing up a, a concept that I've been just t- t- shoved down my throat over and over and over again. But w- w- what is it again? And it's never felt like rain quite true, but th- the way I just heard about it uh, from Steve, it, it, it seems like that's the real thing there. Tell me more. You know what that word is? Tolerance. You just heard the real deal right now. Mm-hmm. The rest is a scam. And because here's the reality. Are we... As a Christian, I'm an American, I love my country, but as a Christian, I have a Matthew 28 mandate that supersedes my love of country. I'm to take the gospel to every place that I have access to on this planet, right? Is it going to be harder or easier to do that in cultures and countries that you have commonalities with, do you think, as opposed to ones that you have alienated? Where do you think it's easier to take the gospel, do you think? The commonalities. Yeah. What is the number one most driving commonality of all of human existence, man? Money, bro. Money. You can do stuff for people that they like. They have a tendency to listen more to what your message actually is. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So I, I think what Jefferson is laying out here actually makes the spreading and taking of the gospel far easier than trying to colonize people militarily first and then bring it to them. 
creating a whole bunch of enemies as opposed to initially starting as friends. And you're not just talking about the military. This is what we talked about at the beginning of the Trump presidency. Put some money back in people's pockets and then they might listen to you about your Bible. You know who does this? Uh, Hezbollah does and Hamas. What they will do after their rocket attack battles with Israel, when Israel fires back and blows up their neighborhoods, they will literally hand out cash from their own coffers to the people in those neighborhoods that have had their homes destroyed. And of course, their homes were destroyed. Did 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 Israel preemptively attack them? No, it's a defensive measure. So who's ultimately responsible for their homes being destroyed? The people handing out the cash. The people handing out the cash, but do you blame the one handing you the cash typically? Or the one that didn't hand you the cash? Which one do you tend tend to blame? Not the one who handed you the cash. They're, they so they buy their allegiance. Why do you think there are bounties? Why do you think they have bounties for? Hey, your family essentially gets a dowry if you blow yourself up as a jihadist. Why do they do this? Why? Because, hey, John Winthrop and the Puritans when they landed here really tried to establish we're all just going to work together for the common good. How'd that work? They were half of them were dead in a year. So finally, it's was like, you know what, man? Here's how this is going to roll. If you're faithful in a little, if you, if you farm your land and do great with that, I'm going to give you even more. And if you suck at farming your land, I'm taking your land away from you. I'm giving to the guy who's good. Within three years, they had tripled their yield and America was off and running. We have, to, we have to incentivize human nature for what it actually is, not for what we want it to be. This is progressivism's failure of history. It refuses to acknowledge it is based not on there is a God, our rights come from him, and the, only, and the primary role of government is the protection and preservation of God-given rights. It has a creed, too. You know what its creed ultimately is? When you boil it down, here's its creed. Ye be like God. That's its creed, ultimately. That's why it always fails. Thanks for listening today to our free podcast here, powered by CRTV. Help spread the word, subscribe, give us positive reviews, because negative ones hurt our feelings. You know that. Don't forget CRTV today, CRTV.com, promo code DACE to watch today's television show. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.